I'm uh, going to be hopping into another Uber here shortly. Uh, yesterday's Uber trip was to Black Pumpkin, the Black Pumpkin set. And it was crazy. I, I'd recorded this huge, extraordinary thing. And uh, up there, up in the hinterlands, it didn't record, it didn't... I don't know. I saved it and then uh, I tried to put it up and it just didn't work for some weird reason. Hey, man. Can you tell me you have a kid? I do, I do. Hey, how you doing? Um, there's the Uber guy. I got to Here, here. Let me help you in really fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here you go. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. I'm about to hop into our Uber vehicle. Hello. Kurt? Yes. Hey, brother. How you doing? The one and only. How are you today? I'm doing blast, brother. Yourself? Good, thank you. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. So, what? Uh, how long you been driving Uber for? It's been about two years now. How'd you like oh, it so far? I love it. It's cool. It's you know, it's interesting to... Oh, do, do you got enough room back there? Yes. Sir. Okay. Um, uh, it's interesting because... Uh, I like to ask a lot of Uber drivers about just their process of how they got to where they're at and what their thoughts are about it and stuff. Um, some of the some of the Uber guys, it's interesting. They got their own schedules that they that they do. Like there's one guy who I met. He has a he has a family. So what he would do is after they go to sleep, he starts his shift at like 1 a.m. and goes to like maybe like 6 a.m. Comes home, sees the kids off to school, and then he sleeps. You know, so. Everyone's kind of got their own method. Do you yeah. do you have your own special schedule, or yeah, do you kind of yeah. go? Yeah, I'm, I'm the opposite. Um, I don't drive at night, brother, because you see, like where you're sitting at, yeah, and where she's sitting at, mm -hmm. and right opposite of her, yeah, my whole seat spills. Oh, so I am not chancing on somebody throwing up in my car. Right, right. You know, so, is it from people who uh, you've picked up before? Oh yeah, brother. You know, you try to ask people, don't drink in the car, don't eat in the car. And some people have a tendency not, you know, not to listen. And so I don't take a chance at night because even these pills, yeah. I haven't had a chance to clean them up. Mm -hmm. So it takes time to do that. The mm -hmm. day that I take them in, I actually have to do it on the day that I know that I'm not going to go work because they got to clean them up and then they got to dry out. Now imagine somebody throwing up in your car. Oh At God! Three o'clock in the morning. Oh God! You just gotta stop. You can't oh, pick anybody shit. else. That is so true. Like if you gotta spill, you can say, "I'm sorry, it's, it's wet. Could you sit in the back?" Right, right. That's different. But once you throw up, that's it. You cannot work. And you know they charge about two fifty or something like that if they do. Mm -hmm. But, but that's only way, if someone throws up. That's not if anyone spills anything in your car. No, no, no. Normally the spills can range anywhere between. 20 to like 60 bucks. Oh, so they do still charge people oh, yeah. for that. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's fair because Absolutely. I mean, this is your this is your office, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing we do because I look at it. It's, it's your car. It's still your vehicle. Yeah. You know. So no, I, I normally what I do is I normally start early in the morning. Mm. I normally like starting like about seven o'clock in the morning. I'll try to try to do like five hours. Pick up my wife. Take her to the gym. Let her go to, you know, whatever shopping she's got to do, finish up, and then I'll start again at 3 o'clock. And then if I don't have, because I'm a trainer by profession. Oh. So if I don't have any clients, or if I have clients in the morning, then I got to switch it around. Oh, okay. Then I got to switch it around. So, but um, it's a good gig. I love it. I love it. You do really good with it. Um, 
For me, it's a blessing because I moved from New York to Cali to go to seminary. Oh, my okay. Seminary, so my Bible, biblical studies. So it was a help to me as a trainer that I can get from client to client. Right. And then the other thing is that ministry-wise, I, I, I would do this for free. Hmm. Because the amount of people that I get to meet, mm -hmm. talk to, and answer questions. Well, some people lay out their lives on me. One lady, you know, uh, recently picked up from the hospital right in Burbank. And by the time I dropped her off, she just poured out. Wow. Please pray for me. My mom is dying of cancer. And, and I just shut off the system. You know, numerous times I've always done that. So it's, it's a blessing for me. Not to mention also the other thing, good thing is that being from New York, if it wasn't for this Uber thing, I would not have visited the majority of places mm. that I've been to. Right. From doing this Uber thing. Right. All the varieties of people, all the interesting oh, yeah. experiences that you've oh, yeah. learned throughout this time. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's a blessing overall. I really enjoy it. Uh, do you enjoy driving too? I love driving. You gotta like you gotta like driving to do this thing. You gotta like driving, and you gotta like meeting people. Yeah. If you don't, don't do it. And I hear some guys do that, and I'm like, don't don't do it, brother, because not for you. The other thing is that you gotta treat it like a business. Mm. You cannot treat you know treat it like some kind of a job. If you do, you're gonna hate it. Yeah. You gotta treat it like a business because you are. You're independent. You're working for yourself. So you gotta just. The more money you want to make, the more you stay out. You don't want to make a lot of money, but if you're gonna, if you don't like driving, you don't like meet, meeting people. And I love meeting people, brother. I mean, that's what that's what makes a good ride from here, like a good 40-minute ride wherever I go in traffic. Just go fast. Yeah. Because you're talking to people, you're chit-chatting with people. If you're gonna be stuck there, like sitting down, and you don't want to talk to nobody, you're gonna be miserable. Mm-hmm. And I hate it. I have great conversations with people all the time. They ask me all kind of crazy, you know, questions, and sometimes we have laugh. I had a young lady one time coming on a pool, on a pool, and we all found out she was uh, an aspiring singer. Oh. Oh, so we put her on the spot. Oh, that's great. You made her <laughs> sing for you? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. We've had the comedians too. That's cool. I said, yeah, man, come on, man. People are tired, man. They gotta go home. Entertain us for a little bit. So, yeah, you, you catch people with that. It's great. It's great, you know, because every single person has a story. Every single person has yeah. their expertises and their explorations yeah. that they really enjoy. And, you know, like, yeah. I think it's great to be able to um, give like people the opportunity to talk floor, about those things. If I, have a, if I had a dance floor, this young lady right here would be showing us her dance floor. Oh, your dancer? Yeah, she comes from Oh, that's Hollywood, great. Brother. How long you been dancing for? Oh, long time. Yeah. Long time, like 14 years. Maybe. What's yeah. what's your? Do you have a favorite style of dancing? I would, I like to like the mix between like uh, artistic dance mm -hmm. and commercial dance. So like mm. the mix between hip hop and modern and I love that. What do you think would be your? Uh, what's it? What is your like the big dream? Like what is the? What would be like if the genie popped out of the dashboard here and said, well, okay, what's <laughs> Like, tell me right now the exact, like, what would you like to do? I would like to have a dance uh, academy, so my own school. Oh, that's where great. I can educate, like, professional dancers um, and combine dance training with positive psychology. That's what I would like. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so I have a very specific... Oh, uh, combine it with psychology? Yeah, That's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, 
because I studied for it in the Netherlands, and I would love to. That's fantastic. Oh yeah, there's no reason not to. I mean, that's that's the cool thing when you hybrid those things together, right? Yeah, because, I, think so I mean, dancing, uh, um, um, you know, writing, uh, painting, you know, all these things are meditative experiences, yes, and they very much. they really help you to. Um, you know, especially when a lot of people have stresses in their lives, they, they need to let off steam, and, and uh, it can come out in a variety of ways. Ideally, it's it's the good ones, like dancing, it's or or painting, or meditating, or uh, just going out to a park and hanging out and looking at the trees. Um, it's cool to, that yeah. that idea of combining psycho psychology, right, with yes. with dancing. Oh, yeah. Young lady, I'm sorry. Are you on the left side? No, on the right side. Oh, on right the right here. side. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Well, I wish. That... It was a pleasure meeting you. Yeah, it was a pleasure. To Likewise, I wish you luck in your success yeah, and what you, you do. Yes. You do you have anything oh. in the back? No. No, you're no. good. All right, young lady. Malou, it's such a pleasure. God bless you. Bye Take bye. Care. Sweet young lady coming from Holland. It's cool. She, yeah, my buddy Chris is uh, from Holland. It's so funny. He's he's from Holland, and uh, everyone I've met from Holland is just good good vibes. Now, brother, let me ask you a question. You're heading up to Silmar? Yeah. Oh man, I am surprised that they gave me you. Why should we draw? Let me see. It's up in the hills. There are a lot of horses up there. I was so surprised yesterday. I took the Uber car and I'm like, holy cow! Thing about going up somewhere is getting back. Are you on a Are you on a time? I gotta get back to a client by 7:30. Oh. Yeah, and that's why I'm surprised at Uber, because right now when I'm writing, like I said, I use Uber to get to my clients, and I normally put my destination, because I'm going to head to the Americana. Mm. I'm heading over to oh, the Oh, Glendale, huh? Yeah. So I'm surprised that Uber put me up in Silmar, and then to come all the way back down. Oh, so you can tell them ahead of time, like where you're going to oh, be, yeah. and by oh, what yeah. time you need to be there and everything, oh, yeah. and it should kind of calculate it? So, I'm calculating that they got me coming down. Sometimes they, they sometimes they screw up, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they do. They send me somewhere far out, and you're thinking, okay, well, they better give me somebody coming back down. Well, yeah, I was surprised to see that when I ordered the Uber, it was telling me, it's like, oh, yeah, you might not arrive there till like, 7 o'clock. And I'm like, oh, wow, that was very surprising, you know? But I'm really? just like, I, I just had oh, a roll with it. Oh, because you put it in, too, that you need to get in? By well, no, time? I just ordered the cup, you know, I... I just order the car and it goes, oh, here's the time that you might arrive by, you know, that type oh, of thing. Okay. And, well, uh, so I'm like, well, I'll just accept it anyway. But, yeah, it's weird how that stuff, how that stuff works. Now, were you, are you originally from here? Uh, originally from Chicago. Oh, okay. And, uh. Oh, so you know the call. So, yeah, yeah. That's why it's so great to live out here in California because we got the mountains, we got the ocean. It's just, I mean, it's summer basically all the time out here. And, uh. Man, it's just such a... I just noticed that the more gratitude I have, the more great stuff comes into my life, that's for sure. That's it, that's it, man. It's all about living a life of gratitude, brother. It's interesting, because it's like once you open up that... I mean, it's like a hug, you know? You open up your arms, and you go, okay, I'm, I'm taking in this, I'm grateful for this, and then it's like, okay, cool. Now you can receive more. Absolutely. And um, it's just amazing. It just, it just keeps... The momentum just keeps going. Absolutely. It's all about keeping a good, positive attitude, brother. Yeah. That's what it's all about. So now you're saying you're a, a trainer? Is that what you said? I'm a trainer. I've been doing that for 35 years. What What kind of trainer? Both fitness and self-defense. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's been a joy. 
It's good to have a profession where you know that even if you didn't get paid for it, you'd still do it. Yeah. And that's one thing I've enjoyed. Same thing with my, you know, ministry wives. You know, uh, I do ministry as a, as a Christian. I do ministry. That's like I said, that's why I moved out here too. That's another thing I would do for free. Mm -hmm. This Uber thing. Seriously? I would still do it for free. Because the amount of people that I just get to meet and talk to, mm -hmm. pray for and counsel, you know, it's, you just can't put a price on that. Well, it's, what I think is interesting is that there's just no telling how many people we have an effect on just in one day, you know? I mean, how many people oh, yeah. feel our vibe throughout a day, whether it's our words or just looking at our disposition or just our oh, physicality. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, when you are when you got the good vibes in your brain, yeah. it's just the byproduct of that. It's, it's just going to reverberate out. Yeah, and um, it's interesting, you know, how you can walk into a room and you're like, okay, there's something kind of funky about this room. Did someone just have an argument in here? Or did, mm -hmm. you know, or you walk in a room, you're going, whoa, this feels so refreshing. What just went on here? Some inspiring conversation. Um, it, it's really interesting how that is. And it just becomes this domino effect. Absolutely. And then the stories we share with people, you know, they that that's around in their brains. And maybe they share those stories with others. Yep. And so in a sense, we kind of, you know, our spirit just kind of lives through the others. Now, do you have other people to pick up on the way to uh, Silmar, or am I like the... As of right now, you're the only one. Oh, I got you. Okay. Okay, so do you, this is your first Uber, or you've Ubered before? Oh, no, I've done Ubers before. Okay. But it's always interesting to find out the mechanics of how the, uh, like, especially how the pool aspect works, or um, well, the like pool right now, I was... It's like a bus, really. Mm -hmm. We're just picking up people along the way. Mm. Going in the same direction. Gotcha. That's all it is. Just going in the same direction. Um, Express Pool, which they just, which they recently come out, came out with, is the one where you walk to a location to get picked up. Mm -hmm. This is a few dollars less, and you just get picked up. You know? And so there's a specific point, right, that you right. have to be at. Pick your close to where it is that you're at, but you gotta walk mm. to the corner. The purpose of it was is to have the drivers continue going in the same direction. So right. let's say, for instance, I got a pickup, right? Mm -hmm. To make over here close by, somebody calls Uber Express Pool. It's gonna put me straight and it's gonna cause me to stop, same direction, but on the corner, and that person could be coming from either that way or this way to meet me. Okay. So that I can continue. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't always work that way, but mm. you know, it, it, it turns out that way. Now you say you're from Chicago, right? Yeah, the Chicago land area. How, how long have you been here? Mm, I think uh, let's see, 2000. Oh, 18 years. Oh, you've been here a long time. Yeah. What brought you out here? Uh, acting and stuff. Actually, where you're driving me, where, you're, where I'm going to be dropped off, is a uh, ranch. This is the second night. Last night. We shot a scene up there, and tonight we're shooting another scene. It's for a horror film called Black Pumpkin, and we're on this beautiful ranch that is just, wow. It, it's, oh my God, it's just beautiful out there with the forest and the, oof. So, you know, it's when you're around nature, there's so much of a difference than, um, so much difference of, in vibe than, than sort of like 
I don't know, civil, civilization or like urban areas because you're just there with, with pure nature. You're, you're right there with the natural uh, language of the universe right there. And uh, it's, oof, it's no wonder these guys go off and disappear into the woods like Walt Whitman and, you know, these transcendentalists. They, they go off into the woods and they start writing these books of poetry. It makes so much sense. It's like they're just receiving this wisdom from the trees. Have a tendency to uh, just have more. How do you say that? That calmness to meditate. Yeah. You're yeah. Talking about being out in the city, you're talking about a lot of frustration, anxiety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Quick pace. You get out there, you're calm. Oh yeah. Yeah, because you know uh, the forest. <laughs> They're not like, hey, come on, get out of my way. I got to grow here. You know, they're just like, they're just there, you know, and you get to kind of sit with it. And it, and it really, it's a great uh, lesson in patience, I would say. Yep. It's just great to be able to just be in nature and just zone out and just sit there with it. So now you're the, into the acting or the directing? Well, it's interesting. I'm, uh, so I my scenes... They already shot my scenes, um, and yet um, I'm also helping out with behind-the-scenes stuff, too. So today I'm going to be what they, you know, I don't know how, how much you know about technical terms of the industry, but I'm going to be a PA, production assistant, so I'm going to be helping people, you know, running waters to people and um, helping anybody with whatever they need, moving lights or whatnot. And uh, so it's, you know, it's an independent film, so it's a very low budget, so everyone's pulling favors, everyone's trying to just utilize whatever resources they have. And uh, just to get it done, you know, make the best product you can with the minimal you got. The minimal you, got you know, and, and I think that's really where the, the key is, is, and it's been said so many times, but doing the best you can with what you got rather than going, oh, gosh, I wish I had this. Okay, once I get that thing, then I'll do this thing. Okay, once that, but it's like, okay, to look around at your resources that you got right now and... Do you have any resources whatsoever that can enable you to 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 start uh, uh, sculpting that that dream, you know, so to speak? And if the answer is yes, well, okay, cool, get get, get on it. <laughs> and uh, I gotta be with life. Oh man, it's just you know, I just noticed that when we move, then the universe or God, you know, God goes along with us. We we make the first move. The stamp of approval is there, so to speak, and we, we move forward t together. And it's interesting because... Um, so you're, you're, I take you, you're a spiritual person. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, what just, are your thoughts about Jesus? You know? Oh, I used to be... Well, I don't want to say used to be. Mm -hmm. um, I became born again Christian uh -huh. back in 93. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just... After a while, I just started getting really feeling really icky about um my relationships with the people that I saw within the church and the hypocrisy and the all the judgment and I was starting to get very judgmental of people and ugh, it just it, it didn't feel good after a while at first it was great it was like wow you know it's like opening this whole new door but well, what do you I, mean to you let me ask you a question I know you mentioned born again what what exactly does that mean to you well, when I it was kind of an interesting situation because we were um, at the time. Okay, so my when I became born again Christian, um, it was the idea of accepting Jesus in your heart and the idea that 
somehow I'm responsible for whatever happened with Adam and Eve. I'm responsible for that. And somehow now Jesus is going to, you know, because I was responsible for that, Jesus now uh, sort of gives me the gives stamp of approval for getting into heaven. And, um, and the idea of seeing his his spirit in like the homeless or um, um, just even in nature. I mean, if a bush, burning bush talks to someone, anything can talk to anyone. Oh yeah, I was reading the Bible a lot. Yeah, in its entirety? Not, there was a book in there, I think it was called Numbers. That, so there were certain books in there I didn't read because it was just boring me to death, but um, there were books There were books in there that I that I liked, and I, it was interesting. Did you get to read the New Testament, at least, in this entire Oh, yeah, yeah, Revelations. I was studying the heck no, out no, of I'm Revelations. No, I'm talking about the whole Testament, from Matthew to Revelation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, the entire New Testament? I was acquainted with that, yeah. I was really well acquainted with that stuff. Okay, so you, what's your understanding of the Gospel? Um, well, over the years, things have shifted in terms of... Uh, Do you believe that the Bible is the Word of God? I believe it's one of many avenues that God speaks to us through, okay, whether so it's through trees, whether it's through um, a cloud morphing a certain shape, whether it's me staring at that mountain. Okay. Um, the one thing I'd like to share with you, and I shared this out of the love of my heart, because uh, Jesus gave two commands. I am a born-again Bible-believing Christian. As a Bible-believing Christian, all right, the, the evidence of a born-again Christian is that you are convinced that the Bible is the Word of God. Mm -hmm. That there is only way. When Jesus says authoritatively, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me, and unless you believe who I am, you will die in your sins. Mm -hmm. You believe that wholeheartedly. You believe that what the Scriptures say, the only way that we're directed to God, the knowledge of the one and two living God, as Jesus said, this is the way to have eternal life. Mm. To know. Yeah. To know you, the one true God, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. It's the revealing in the scriptures from the beginning of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. It's the same message. All 66 books. Revealing the same message. The gospel. The good news. That we, yes, we have sinned against the holy God. It's the understanding that there is a judgment. And that judgment is hell. And this, this is the thing that we got to understand. If I'm going to accept anybody, just like if I was going to accept you as a friend, right? I'd have to accept you for all that you are, good and bad, whether I like it or not, right mm -hmm. or wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Same way, no matter who you're going to get to know. The same way we wouldn't accept God. God is who he says he is. It's God's word. Man, God used men to write down his word. Mm -hmm. The question is, is are we convinced of that? Because if we're not convinced of that, and we're not convinced that Jesus really is the Son of the living God, and according to the scripture, he is the one who came and died and rose again on the third day for our sins, and he's the only one that God has given under heaven by which we must be saved. And I understand what a holy and just God did for me at the cross. Mm -hmm. And I love him for that. And that's how he proved his love for me. I love him for that. See, when I, as a born-again Christian, a Bible-believing Christian, I don't put my drawing away from him because of hypocrisy in church yeah. or anybody else. It doesn't matter to me 
what anybody else does. It doesn't matter to me if people start acting like hypocrites apart from what the Word of God says. Mm -hmm. This is my relationship with Him. Mm -hmm. My relationship with Him is I'm, ground, I'm grounded, born again, sealed by the Holy Spirit to know that this is His Word. The Bible is very clear. To all who call upon the name of the Lord, to them He has given the right to be called the children of God. As a child of God, I cannot go against the grain. I cannot go against the flow of what he, as the master, commands and says authoritatively. That's the reason why I asked you, you know, if you truly accepted him personally as your Lord and Savior. Not just a Savior, because many would say, well, I accept him as my Savior. I know he died on the cross, but he's also got to be Lord. Mm. And as Lord, what He commands is what I have to abide by. And I want to obey Him, and I want to live my life like Him, in obedience to Him, because of what He did at the cross. Now, are there going to be hypocrites? There's hypocrites all over the place, mm -hmm. no matter what you do. No matter what religion, no matter what area you find yourself, you're going to find yourself with hypocrites. Mm -hmm. You're going to find you're going to find people that are going to backstab you. You're going to have like the lady that I met earlier before you, that she loves her work, but it bothers her that she works with people who are still in high school. Mm. But you got to deal with people like that. It's like my daughter. You know, she goes to work for the first time. She realizes there are people in the morning that you know make it hard for her. But one day I told her, you got to work the afternoon time in the ship. And she found she had a great time. And I told her, that's how life is. Mm. You're going to have people, your morning shift people, that are going to be disgruntled, bad attitude and everything. And then you're going to have your afternoon shift people who are great. They make working with them a joy. They're going to teach you. You're going to learn from them. The question is, is who are you going to be with? That's why the Bible says, if you be around the wise, you become wiser. You go around the foolish, you become more foolish. Right. This I was feeling a, more foolish being in that choice. community. Right. <laughs> so you got to make that choice in life. Yeah. Even in the church. Uh -huh. There is no such thing as a perfect church. But as a born-again Christian, you understand that you go to church not to focus on the people because man will fail you. Oh, yeah. I go there because I go to worship a holy and just God who loved me enough to send his son to die on that cross for my sins. So one thing I've always been curious, um, mm -hmm. was Matthew, John, and Luke, were those guys actually right? So I understand that they, so they were supposedly right there witnessing exactly what Jesus was doing, right? So were they writing down this stuff right as it was happening? No, no. Like, this is happening right now. I'm watching this. No, ba, 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 ba. no, no. That's not why I'm so that was the That was the impression I was under. That, no, no, no. When that's did those why get written? to read the scriptures. When you read the scriptures, remember that over and over, Jesus is saying to them, I'm going to be handed over to sinners who are going to, who I'm going to, to be killed. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, Lord, no. Peter even said to him, Lord, don't speak like that. You cannot die. Mm -hmm. And he said, get away from me, saying, because you're thinking manly. I came for that very purpose, to die for the sins of this world. Mm -hmm. See? So, because in their mind, they were thinking just for themselves. That's the selfishness of us. Is we're thinking about us. The prophecies did prophesy that the Messiah would come and save Israel from their oppressors. Yes. But it also stated 
that he would come as a serving, as a servant, in order to die for the sins of this world. But when people. when was the actual thing written? That's what I want to know. So what happens is how many this, years close to when the event? Let me share that with oh, you. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. You. So what happens is they're learning, but Jesus said, "I have, I have, I must die, so I may go to the glory." to be with my father. So he's talking divinely. I got to go back to my father. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to the heaven. That's where I came from. That's that divine talk. So then he says to them, but I must go in order that the father will send you the free, the gift. The gift of what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will remind you of all these things that I have taught you. And it did. So when Jesus died, the Holy Spirit of God dwelt among them, reminded them of all the things. And so we have the earliest writing, which was about 30, 35 years after Jesus died, which is the book of Mark, all the way to the book of Revelation, which is written around 95 AD. Very close to the time after Jesus died. That's why the Bible is God-inspired. That's why the Bible says all scriptures inspired by God. Mm. God used men to write down his words. That's why when somebody says to me, oh, you know, the, the Bible was written by men. Oh, absolutely. But which men, though? You got to answer that question. Yeah, and which motivations which of those men? men too? And what motivated them? Because you got to understand, the Constitution was written by who? Men of India? Men of Pakistan and Iran? No, it wasn't. That's why the Constitution of the United States, men in Iran and men in India, it won't mean anything to. Mm -hmm. They could care less about it because it wasn't written to them and it wasn't written for them. Mm. So they won't get it and they won't want to follow it. In the same way, the Word of God was written to God's people, to those who put their faith in God, in the true God of the Bible, the one who always existed. That's why Jesus said, and the Bible says, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, there's only one true God. There is no other God. Never has been, never will be. He is the only true living God. That's why Jesus said, unless you believe who I am, you'll die in your sins. Because a loving God sent his son to shed his blood to suffer for your sins and go to that cross. Mm -hmm. That's why Jesus says in the book of Luke, and that's why I normally tell people, nobody can make you believe anything. Yeah. Nobody. So Only do you God think that uh, in this day and age, because uh, I, I would really, you know, it'd be silly to limit God's uh, inspiration towards writing materials like that to only that period in time. Um, no, I would like on. to believe that that keeps going on. Oh, absolutely. Right? So how do we distinguish between who is writing something that is inspired by God and what is not inspired by God? When That's you read, just again, what I just said to you, the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is God's good news about his son, mm -hmm. the salvation that God offers in his son, and the kingdom that God is offering through faith in his son. Mm, that kingdom God. is God coming to reside in us spiritually now, but not just now but also when Christ returns to bring forth the eternal earthly and heavenly kingdom. 
See, this earth is broken, is messed up because of our sins. Okay? Jesus is going to come back again to fix it up. This world was made perfect. It was made perfect. We messed it up with our sins. But God is building his kingdom now to those who put their faith. That's why the Bible says he's made a kingdom, a priest who will reign with him on this earth. So he will make this earth perfect once again. But in order to do that, he has to do away with all wicked sin. I'm a, I have a funny feeling this stuff wasn't told to you. Oh, no, everything you're telling me I've heard before. But I, it's great to be refreshed on it. So, um, how many different interpretations do you think there have been through the years There's about the Bible? One. Well, There's every single reverend, or I should say pastor that I've seen talk, they have their own interpretation as to what those words mean. you got to understand one thing. There's only one interpretation. That's God's interpretation. You have to read the scriptures according to the way God intended it to be read and understood. Hmm. Man is sinful. Man will take something... And twist it. That's proven. I always tell people, you gotta, you got to be a father to understand that. As a father, I give my daughter certain dictates. Clean your room. I come back. I want you to clean your room now. Um, I come back later, two hours later, your room's a mess. What happened? I was going to clean it. Uh, I just thought you, as long as I clean it later. That's not what I said. What did I say? What was the interpretation? Oh, for her to clean the room? Exactly. Yeah. How many interpretations are you going to get out of that? You see what I'm saying? And that's the problem we have. That's why we have laws. You got the Constitution. You go before a judge and you tell him, well, this was my interpretation. What is the, what is the job of the judge? To listen to the jury. But to interpret the law. He ultimately is going to be the ultimate judge. But the job of the judge is to interpret the law. This is the understanding of the Constitution. This is the law. You may have had your interpretation. The law said 55 miles an hour. You decided to go 80. Well, everybody else goes 80. That's their interpretation. Well, now you got a ticket. Hopefully now you'll understand. If it says 25 miles an hour, it means what? 25 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So when we read the scriptures, believe me, a child can read, a kid can read the, the Bible and understand God says this, we're sinners. We've broken his laws. Because we've broken his laws, we are deserving of eternal judgment. We can't pay the fine for our sins. What does God do? He lovingly sends his son to die for our sins. I'm not, listen, even before I went to seminary, that was clear to me. And I just read the Bible by myself. Mm -hmm. People need to read the Bible by themselves. The scriptures by themselves. So then when they see somebody else say something contrary to what the scripture says, they can say that that's, that's clearly not a scripture. And I don't have to be a scholar to understand that the Bible says, if I say to you, the Bible says the time is going to come when Jesus will return in judgment and fire flaming fire to bring judgment on those who don't know God and on those who refuse to believe the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ um, what, what do you what do you take by that if you want to if you just read that by yourself mm -hmm. 
of meditating on a hill. Yeah. By yourself. Which, by the way, is the best way to read the Bible. Alone. By yourself. What would you get out of that interpretation? Um, I guess I'd wonder... Like I asked you before, like, what... Like, how close to when the events happened was it written down? Like the game of telephone. I could tell you one thing... And you go to interpret it to someone else, and then you, you mess up a little word that I said, and then that person tells a story, and they mess up the word a little bit. Um, right. We see this within a classroom that happens in 10 minutes. You know, you, you yeah. do the game of phone, and all of a sudden, by the end of it, within that five-minute span, the me message has been changed. So even within that 35 years right. that you claim when they wrote it right. to when the event happened, that's 35 years of people being but able one, to use their again, own motivations to once alter again, things. What did God, that's man. Now we're talking about men. Once again, the Bible says all scripture, all scripture is inspired by God. So if God is God, he is perfect. God sent his Holy Spirit, which is of God, to inspire men to write his words. So man can make a mistake, but God cannot. He is perfect. To say that the Bible, like what you're saying, is to say that God is imperfect. He makes mistakes. We have over 2,600 manuscripts of the Old Testament, okay? And they have the same message. 2,600 manuscripts of the originals that were copied by copied by copied. If they were going to be altered, you'd have to take them. Mess them up, but you have to do that to all 2,600 manuscripts and put them back. We have 1,600 manuscripts, copies from the original text of the Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic languages. 1,600, which, by the way, if they were burned to a crisp, and we only had the writings of, let's say, the early church fathers, just from what they wrote alone, which from their, from them getting from the scriptures themselves we could still put the New Testament together that's how perfect it is that's why you can know you can have a trust in the word of God you can have reliability on it well I'm hearing these words coming from a man you know who's, who's telling me right done research on what other people have hmm, how do I explain it um when you hear stories of kings and emperors... Oh, that's that's where we need to go. 14. Oh, is that over there? Yeah, it's right there. Um, when we hear th about through the years of kings and emperors and um, priests and whoever else altering the Bible to suit their own means, to control their kingdoms, to control their people, to make them feel fearful, to more, you know, be repentful. Oh, I'm so terrible. Like, when I keep hearing stories of that, it makes me then wonder... Like what is the re what's the like the what's the real thing without the twists and Brother, turns that people added to? Brother, can I tell you this? This is what I would pray you would do. I really give your life to the Lord. Only the Lord can do this. Do what I did. I thank God for my little girl. I separated myself from everything. I grew up Roman Catholic, and it was only till I read the Bible that I realized the Roman Catholic Church is not the true church. Mm -hmm. The Roman Catholic Church used the Bible, and the, and the empires like Spain and Rome. All right to control the people. Yeah. That was not Jesus. Mm -hmm. If you were to read the Bible, you will come to the understanding that's not where Jesus came. Jesus had no dealings with the government. If that would have been the case, don't you think that he would have gotten together with Pilate? Mm. 
and say, yo, let's take control, let's all get together, we're all happy, let's be a big family, and we're all ruled together. He did not do that, brother. He did not do that. The Roman Catholic Church, Christopher Columbus, coming under the... See, this is why you got to understand history. The Roman Catholic Church came 300 years after mm -hmm. Jesus died, and they started there. Now, they'll tell you, oh, we have roots in the, in the early church. I tell them, yeah, you do, and I'm going to show you where. You want to know where? In the Bible where it says that Jesus said, many would come in my name, but they're wolves dressed in sheep's clothing. Mm -hmm. They'll come to deceive people. Peter said the same thing. When I die, when I leave you, he said there'll be many deceivers among you. Yeah. So when you read the Bible, you got to read the Bible by yourself, brother. And sadly, a lot of churches don't do that. They'll, they'll teach you. They'll tell you certain things, but they won't encourage you to read the Bible on your own. Mm -hmm. That's what you should do. Because again, if you want to get to know a person, go to the person yourself. So mm -hmm. then you know, oh, I know my God. I know my Lord. I know what he did. So if I go to a certain individual and they're telling me something contrary, get away from me sin because I know that's not what the Bible says. You see what I'm saying yeah. to you? So I would really recommend to you, read the scriptures because I'll leave you with this one scripture, which is a beautiful scripture. After Jesus died, they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's going to give them the gift of the Holy Spirit, but they're still doubtful. And look what he says to them. He says, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures, the Old Testament. Okay? He said, wasn't it clearly predicted? And should have been. Because if you read the Bible, it's clear. Clearly, that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory. And this is beautiful. Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And after they got that, once you understand that, that's when you get the feeling, you get the knowledge, mm. you get the understanding. And then they say, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? Let the Lord explain the scriptures. That's why he says, this is the question you said. Well, how, how does it happen? You know, you know, people write down things and write things over and over. How do you know it's accurate, right? Mm -hmm. Well, he says to them. When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he what? Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. And it was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name. To all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Mm. So the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that God revealed His Holy Spirit to men to write down His Word. Wow, man. Well, thank you for the yeah. education. Anytime, That's awesome. Brother. You take care, man. Listen, Thanks for the ride. anytime you got any questions, brother, please feel free to give me a call. Cool, cool. And anytime you feel like seeing 70s and 80s love songs... Um, You're the man, brother. Stop by here, Yachtly Crew. That's the band I'm in. Oh, nice. All right, man. Have a great How day. You, Take care. Enlightening. Enlightening.